as we stand for the second time, we look to you for preaching power. Your people are here to hear a word from the Lord. But we pray that you will speak, Lord. Servants are waiting. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Buying a house can be ex exciting and adventurous, especially for first home buyers. When people purchase a house, it often consists of some of the following. Bedroom, bathroom, living room, family room, game room, theater room, recreation room, fitness room, study room, dining room, kitchen, loft, garage, and other areas. All of these features look good when you enter into a but for me, the house is incomplete without Jesus. When I enter a house, I want to know, is Jesus in the house? <laughs> This question is the sermonic title of today's message. Is Jesus in the house? Look at your neighbor right now and just ask that person, is Jesus in the house? This question is answered in Mark chapter 2, verse 1, which is our sermonic text. I invite you to go there with me. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, which reads, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Of course, the he, that pronoun, is referring to Jesus. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, should be familiar to most of us because Last week, we preached from Mark chapter 2. Today is not a repeat of last Sunday's message. Today's message is an addendum to last Sunday's message. We need to revisit Mark chapter 2 and examine a portion of it from a different perspective. In Mark chapter 2, verse 1, 
when Jesus entered into Capernaum, people propagated that Jesus was in the house. Many believed that this was Peter's house, but we do not know this to be a fact. We do know that it was a house that was in Capernaum. We do know that it was a house that could not accommodate the crowd that assembled in it. We do know that it was a house that had a roof which was destroyed in order to lower the paralytic. Most of all, we do know that Jesus was in the house. More importantly than other people and other features, Jesus should be in the house. That's the key idea for today's message. Those of you outlining this message, more important than other people and other features, Jesus should be in the house. Everybody repeat those words. Jesus should be in the house. If you agree with that, show it by giving God a big hand of praise. In our text, who? was in the house. First of all, the helpers were in the house. And you can see that in verses 1 through 5. Everybody say, the helpers. Yes, the helpers were in the house. The helpers were the four men who carried the paralytic. Not only did they carry the paralytic, but also they destroyed the roof so that they could lower the paralytic lying on his bed before Jesus. I invite you to walk with me quickly through uh, verses 1 through 5, which means go there in your Bible. In verses 1 through 5, it reads, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And this is important. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, meaning a paralytic, which was born, carried afore. And when they could not come nigh unto him, the press, meaning the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And then verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Like these four men who helped the paralytic, uh, as Christians, we should be helpers. I'll say it again. Like the four, these four men who helped the paralytic, as Christians, we should be helpers. We live in a world where people need help. Probably the greatest help that a lot of people need is 
to experience Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that there are some who would argue with me and say, no, they need more money. But I will say even greater than money, they need Jesus Christ. An experience with Jesus is necessary in order to have a relationship with God. You are mindful of John 14 and 6, which reads, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Furthermore, an experience with Jesus is necessary in order to be healed. The paralytic in Mark chapter 2 had to experience Jesus uh, to be healed. Uh, He became mobile after experiencing Jesus. Some of us, and notice I said us because I've been there, and if you have not been there, I just say keep living. Some of us are frustrated in life because of immobility. I don't know about you, but I have experienced a personal frustration uh, periodically because uh, I felt stuck in a certain situation. Stuck maybe in my mind, stuck in my physical locale, but just stuck. Anybody know anything about just just stuck? Amen. Well, hear this. Uh, Some of us are at a standstill when we need to be moving. Our immobility is akin to paralysis. People who are at a standstill in life when they need to be moving can be classified as paralytics. Like the paralytic in Mark chapter 2, immobile individuals need to experience Jesus. No, they don't need a psychiatrist. What they need most is uh, Jesus Christ. They need to experience Jesus' healing power. In order for many of them to experience Jesus, they need help. Helpers are needed for a lot of people to experience Jesus. Uh, People should be able to find helpers uh, in the house of the Lord. In our text, helpers were in the house. If you heard me so far, show it by giving God some praise. Secondly, the hinderers were in the house. We see that in verses 6 through 9. Everybody say the hinderers. Uh, Hear this. The scribes uh, were the hinderers in the house. The scribes were scholarly writers and interpreters of the Old Testament law. Uh, Their ministry flourished uh, when the people of God were exiled in the days of the Old Testament, and uh, they uh, were still active in the days of Jesus' uh, earthly ministry. Uh, Like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, The scribes uh, were often hinderers of Christ. I invite you to go with me in Mark chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. In your Bible, you might notice where it looks something like this. But there were certain of the scribes uh, sitting there. And notice they are just sitting there. That's one thing about hinderers. uh, 
they sit and criticize. People who are busy doing the Lord's work, they don't have time to be uh, interfering with what other people are doing. These scribes were just sitting there. Are y'all with me here? The Bible says, and reasoning in their hearts, uh, the question they ask in verse 7, why does this man uh, thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins uh, but God only? In verse 8 it reads, and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, uh, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? And then verse 9 says, Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. My beloved, uh, hinderers are in the business of hindering. I know there's nothing profound about that statement, but it is practical, it is simple. Hinderers are in the business of hindering. Uh, catch this one. The hinderers will always coexist uh, with helpers. Uh, whenever people are helping the cause of Christ, uh, hinderers will be around trying to hinder the cause of Christ. Whenever people are instrumental in the movement of God, hinderers will be around trying to hinder the movement of God. So unfortunately, uh, if you want to find hinderers, uh, all you need to do is see some people who's doing uh, the help, who's doing the work, meaning people who are helpers. Because where there are helpers, there are always going to be some hinderers. Amen. Are y'all listening to me? So to make it personal, if you are a helper and you are about helping people, uh, doing the work of God, do not be surprised. Do not even be discouraged uh, uh, by the fact that there are some people who's trying to hinder you because hinderers will always exist wherever helpers uh, are helping. Why don't y'all put some hands together on that one? Although hinderers are not of God, hinderers sometimes can be an asset rather than a liability. Teach, Pastor. Uh, hinderers annoy us. And I think I'm saying that gently because if I was in another setting, I would say they get on my nerves. Are y'all with me here? Uh, hinderers annoy us on one hand, but make us stronger on the other hand. Uh, they, they tend to facilitate our spiritual growth. Uh, they propel us to pray more and spend more time with God. In the aftermath, we grow in the Lord. Uh, we gain direct experiences uh, with God. For instance, if we uh, never had a problem, we would not know that God is able to solve them. So maybe instead of fretting uh, uh, because of hinderers, uh, we should thank God for hinderers. Uh, 
unwittingly, they are good for our spiritual growth. Come on and praise God on that one. Uh, thirdly, the healer was in the house. And for those of you outlining this message, uh, you'll see that in verses 1 through 2. And then skip down, you'll see it in verse 5. And then skip down again and see it in verses 8 through 12. Uh, Jesus was the healer in the house. Everybody say healer. Uh, so many people were in the house that there was no room for others. Simply put, uh, as in the case uh, of sometimes our current situation, the house had exceeded its capacity. Even though the house was overfilled with people, Jesus was the only healer that was in the house. Uh, let me say it in a different way. There were a lot of people in the house. There were various types of people in the house, but there was only one healer in the house, and Jesus was that healer. Come on and put some hands together on that. Again, in your Bible, you might notice in verses 1 and 2, I'm in chapter 2 of Mark, uh, where it says, And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised uh, that he, meaning Jesus, was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, not so much as about the door. And, and this is important. Uh, uh, he preached the word unto them. That's what I'm trying to do in here, is preach the word unto everyone. Actually, the house was filled with people because Jesus, the healer, was in the house. Interestingly, had Jesus, uh, the healer, not been in the house, uh, the house would not have been full of people. Uh, an invaluable uh, lesson needs to be understood here. The house of God uh, can be filled if people share with others that Jesus uh, is in the house. <laughs> Jesus said on another occasion, and some of you Bible readers are probably already gone there. Uh, uh, he said in John chapter 12, verse 32, uh, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. The healer, meaning Jesus, was in the house uh, preaching the word. So here's another point of application. Whenever Jesus, the healer, is in the house, uh, the word of God ought to go forth. People need to hear God's word when they come uh, to the house of the Lord. I believe today that you're here on this morning because you want to worship God, but you also have an expectation of me, and that is uh, to preach uh, the word of God. Is that correct? Moreover, the healer, meaning Jesus, is moved by our faith. We saw that and we see that in verse 5. For in our text, uh, Jesus was moved by the faith of some. Uh, in your Bible, notice with me uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 5, where it says, When Jesus saw their what? Their faith. Uh, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, 
thy sins be forgiven thee. We learn about faith uh, throughout the Bible. Let me just share a few examples. For example, in uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You want uh, to hear this word because this word uh, that's going forth, uh, it's building up your faith. It's, it's, it's activating your faith. Uh, are y'all still with me here? There's another familiar passage. Uh, it's in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse uh, 1. Uh, uh, now faith. Anybody need a faith right now? <laughs> now faith uh, is the substance of things hoped for. Uh, the evidence of things uh, not seen. Uh, there's another passage that comes to my mind. Uh, it's in that same chapter of uh, Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6, where it says, uh, But without faith uh, it is impossible to please him, uh, for he that cometh to God uh, must believe hear this, that he is. There's a whole lot of people uh, who have problems with what God can do because they have yet to understand who he is. Uh, we have to know who he is before we can know what he can. Come on and talk back to me, somebody. Uh, uh, that he is and that he is a rewarder of them uh, that diligently seek him. If we want to experience Jesus as a healer, we must uh, have faith. Furthermore, the healer, meaning Jesus, forgives us when we confess our sins. And I don't want to uh, disturb anybody, but I just need to remind us, you do recognize that all of us have sinned. Well, thank God for 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. I appreciate that passage. It has helped me throughout my Christian walk. Uh, I hope it has been a blessing to you also. In 1 John uh, 1 and 9, it says, If we confess our sins, uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, we learn in Mark chapter 2, verse 5, that Jesus evinced his deity uh, by forgiving the paralytic of uh, his sins. Thank God. Anybody thank God lately? <laughs> well, let me share a good reason why all of us should thank God. Thank God that we can be forgiven for our sins. Jesus forgives us uh, for not only a sin, but also for many sins. He even forgives us for the same sins. Does that register with anybody? <laughs> because of this, uh, all of us could be labeled as uh, repeat uh, offenders. Moving forward, the forgiveness of our sins is incumbent, uh, meaning necessary, in order to be healed. 
the paralytic in Mark chapter 2 had to be forgiven for his sins before Jesus healed him. Uh, somebody perhaps is seeking uh, uh, healing, and, and the Lord is saying, I have no problem healing you, but we, we, must put some, we must deal with something before healing. Uh, before healing, Jesus saying, I need to forgive you. We need to, uh, we need to fix the sin problem before we can fix the other problem. Are y'all still with me, somebody? In addition, the healer, meaning Jesus, uh, can heal immediately. We learn in verses 11 uh, and 12 that Jesus healed the paralytic uh, immediately. If you don't believe it, again, I invite you to see it for yourself in your Bible. You might notice in chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, uh, where it reads, I say unto thee, arise, and take up thy bed, and Go thy way into thine house. Uh, Jesus basically said, they carried you to this house. But when I get through with you, you're going to go to your own house. And nobody's going to carry you. Are y'all listening to me? It's in verse 12 that we can see the dynamic, uh, miraculous uh, response uh, of verse 11. For the Bible says in verse 12, and what? Immediately he what? Now hear this, it should not surprise us that he arose in the A portion of verse 12 because it's in the A portion of verse 11 that he was commanded to arise. It's in verse 12 where it says, and immediately he arose, uh, he took up the bed uh, and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed. Uh, and look what they did. They glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. That last part might be another sermon. Amen. Although Jesus sometimes chooses to wait uh, uh, a, a while before healing people, he often chooses to heal people immediately. Uh, let me say it in a different way. Sometimes uh, when Jesus heals, uh, he will wait. There will be a delay in the healing, uh, but there's other times when he'll do it uh, immediately. In short, uh, he can do it uh, right now. Is there anybody in here who knows that he's a right now God? Those of you who know that he's a right now God, I need you to look at somebody and just say, yes, he is. As we proceed, uh, the healer, meaning Jesus, heals people for God to be glorified. Uh, God is big on being praised. So if you want God's favor, you want to do what God enjoys. And God loves when we take the time to praise him. <laughs> yes, go ahead. <laughs> and maybe I should ask, uh, is he worthy to be praised? Maybe I should ask more specifically, is he worthy to be praised by you? <laughs> and I have learned something about church. There are a lot of people who enjoy watching other folks shout, but I wonder when they're going to shout. There are some people who enjoy watching others praise the Lord, but when are you going to praise the Lord? So I'll ask one more time, is he worthy to be praised by you? <laughs> 
Uh, when Jesus healed the paralytic, people were amazed and glorified God because this was unlike anything they had seen. Now, God wants people to glorify him when people are healed. Uh, I'll say it again. God wants people to glorify him when people are healed. I mean, it's okay to thank the, the, the physician, to thank the dentist, or thank whoever the uh, human instrument was that helped you, uh, but here this uh, healing is ultimately of God, which means it's God who worked through that doctor, God who worked through that medication. So if you are here today and you have been healed, God wants you to give him uh, the glory. We should glorify God when we are healed. But I'll take it a step further. We should also glorify God when others are healed. Are y'all listening to me? How many of you right now have experienced God's healing power? Well, hear this. I want you to notice, and it's nothing wrong because some hands have not gone up yet. Those hands that, that, that did not go up, why don't you take a moment and praise God for how he healed uh, your neighbor, how he healed somebody else up in here. Uh, people glorify God because, uh, hear this, uh, not because they were healed, but they glorify God because uh, the paralytic was healed. In other words, uh, the people in the house were praising God for the healing of another man. So again, I'm saying, yes, we should praise God for what he has done for us, but we should also praise God for what he has done for someone else. Hallelujah. Uh, let me just get into this very quickly without shouting too quickly. Uh, uh, hear this. A year ago, I was sick. But by the grace of God today, I am alive and well and not showing any signs of the sickness I went through July of last year. Now, I praise God. But is there anybody else in here who can praise God with me for what God did for the past of St. John? Come on, talk back to me, somebody. I need to conclude, but I cannot conclude unless you got it so far. If you got it so far, show it by giving God a big hand of praise. <laughs> Today's message is entitled, Is Jesus in the House? Look at somebody else, meaning uh, you looked at one person earlier. This time, won't you look at somebody else and just ask, uh, is Jesus in the house? Our sermonic text is recorded in Mark chapter 2, verse 1, which reads, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he, meaning Jesus, was in the house. <laughs> the key idea for today's message is more important than other people and other features. Jesus should be in the house. I need y'all to say that again. Jesus should be in the house. If you agree with me, come on and give God a big hand of praise. We discussed the following people who were in the house. The helpers were in the house. 
the hindrance were in the house. But most importantly, come on now, the healer <laughs> was in the house. My brothers and sisters, this text would be irrelevant to me if it was only the helpers and the hindrance in the house. But what makes this house stand out is that the healer <laughs> was in the house. Do I have some witnesses up in here? When Jesus is in the house, something is going to happen. Do I have a witness? How many of you already know that when Jesus is in the house, something is going to happen? My beloved, you can expect something to happen when Jesus is in the house. When Jesus is in the house, people will be saved. When Jesus is in the house, people will be healed. When Jesus is in the house, people will be delivered. When Jesus is in the house, people will be redeemed. When Jesus is in the house, people will be converted. When Jesus is in the house, people will be changed. When Jesus is in the house, people will be sanctified. When Jesus is in the house, people will be anointed. When Jesus is in the house, people will be spirit-filled. When Jesus is in the house, people will be inspired. When Jesus is in the house, people will be encouraged. When Jesus is in the house, people will be motivated. When Jesus is in the house, people will be converted. When Jesus is in the house, people will be helped. When Jesus is in the house, people will be overjoyed when Jesus is in the house. People will be blessed. So I need to say again, when Jesus is in the house, something is going to happen. St. John is a great church, not because of a great pastor. St. John is a great church, not because of great choirs. St. John is a great church, not because of great members, but St. John is a great church because Jesus is in the house. Do I have a witness? The same Jesus who was born of a virgin is in the house. 
the same Jesus uh, who was baptized uh, in the Jordan River uh, is in the house. Uh, the same Jesus uh, who told the paralytic uh, to pick up his bed and walk uh, is in the house. Uh, the same Jesus uh, who fed the 5,000 uh, is in uh, the house. Uh, the same Jesus uh, that gave sight uh, to the blind uh, is in the house. Uh, the same Jesus uh, that healed all men uh, of sickness and disease uh, is in the house. Uh, the same Jesus uh, uh, that calmed uh, the raging storm uh, is uh, in, uh, in the house. Uh, the same Jesus uh, uh, that walked on water uh, is uh, in the house. Uh, the same Jesus uh, who brought the dead uh, back to life uh, is in the house. Uh, the same Jesus, uh, yes, uh, who set the captives free uh, is uh, in the house. Uh, the same Jesus uh, that walked on the water uh, is in the house, uh, the same Jesus uh, that instituted uh, the Lord's Supper uh, is in the house, uh, uh, the same Jesus uh, uh, who prayed uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, is uh, in the house, uh, the same Jesus uh, that came riding uh, on a donkey uh, uh, one Palm Sunday. Uh, is uh, in the house uh, of the same Jesus uh, that died uh, one Friday uh, is in the house uh, of the same Jesus uh, uh, that was buried uh, in a borrowed tomb uh, is in the house uh, of the same Jesus uh, uh, that got up I said early Sunday morning is in the house uh, the same Jesus uh, that went back to the right hand of the Father uh, is in the house of uh, uh, the same Jesus uh, uh, that's coming back again uh, is in the house and uh, I don't know about you this morning uh, but I'm so glad uh, that I know Jesus uh, that in the house is there anybody I said is there anybody is there anybody up in the hair that knows the Jesus that's in the house you see you can't recognize that he's in the house unless you know him for yourself it's alright for mama to know him it's Alright, for daddy to know him, it's alright for your brother to know him, your sister to know him, but you got to know him for yourself. Who in heaven?
there without a shadow of doubt. I know the Jesus that's in the house. I don't know. I said, I don't know. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm glad that I know him for myself. You see, I was 12 years old when I came to Jesus as I was. I was weary. I was wounded and I was sad when I found in him a resting place and he has made me glad anybody up in the hell know that the Lord is in the house if you know he's in the house stand up on your feet if you know he's in the house wave some hands if you know he's in the house shout for glory if you know he's in the house say hallelujah if you know he's in the house say glory 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 to God if you know he's in the house stomp your feet ain't God alright yeah I say yeah God is.